At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All right, welcome on to Hollinger and Duncan. We have much to discuss. This is the first time in two years that we've done this. I think every two years is probably a good time horizon for this to talk about our organization rankings. So uh, give a few uh, a few criteria here. Um, uh, and before we even get into the things we're looking at, this is the organization owner front office, not the coach. However, we do separate coach rankings. So this doesn't include the coach. This is just. Yes. If, Although yes. your ability to hire the correct coach is definitely part of the ranking. Yes. No, that that is a, an excellent point. I, I think that and pick someone that, that you're going to be able to to work with. So, yeah. So this is the criteria here is if we were fans of a random team, which organization from the owner on down would we want running our team? So that that is the overarching uh, criteria here. And however, there are a number of things to get into of just like, what we're going to look at hi- hiring the coach. Obviously, we already hit on one. What other factors? Factors are going to factor into our analysis here, John. Well, you know, I think from a fan perspective, they tend to focus on the fantasy GM aspect of it, right? You know, traded so-and-so, drafted so-and-so. I think when you talk to people in the league, they're also focused on kind of what the internal processes are like and what it's what the experience is like for the people who are actually there. In other words, the nuts and bolts of, of the things that would be predictive of success in the future. Um, so, and those, I mean, they're highly correlated, but they're not 100% correlated. And I, I do think it's an important distinction because there are some teams that have gotten some things right, but you would still, if you talk to people in the league, they'd be like, oh yeah, they're a shit show, you know? And, uh, yeah. and, and so that, that's definitely part of it. Uh, and that the ownership part is really interesting just because different owners interject themselves into the team's processes in different ways. And that can have a profoundly negative impact on some franchises, or it can have an like sort of occasionally negative impact where the owner is a little bit like Haley's Comet, where you know comes back every few years to do something damaging <laughs> and, and then flies off into the into the stratosphere and goes away for a while. Um, or it can be more of a generally positive thing where they're there supporting and asking questions and and providing financial backing, but 
they're not uh, interceding in ways that are negative. And I mean, it's, yeah. a, it's a fine lie because, you know, the owner would say ultimately it's their team and they can do whatever the hell they want, which is true. But in terms of impacting wins and losses, there's definitely a certain level of ownership involvement that becomes negative because this is not the field where they made their millions. Yeah, it, that's a great point, right? In most other fields, there is most owners of businesses generally have some qualifications because they actually built that business from the ground up and gave it some success. And there are a lot of things that are weird about sports, but that's one of the big ones is that an owner is coming in. Yeah. You know, unless you're, unless you're George Hallis, you know, <laughs> right. Yeah. Wait, which you don't, you don't have any of those anymore, really. And so, yeah. I mean, you could say Jerry Buss was maybe the last one, right? Where like running the Lakers was his business. And yeah, but, but even he made his initial fortune doing, you know, real estate stuff. He wasn't, yeah. It's not like, man, he, he was so good at running a basketball team that he eventually built up this fortune and was able to buy a basketball <laughs> Right. So, right. Um, and obviously also, you know, it's not, uh, you're just judged on something different with basketball than you are any other facet of business. Any other faster facet of business, your number one goal is to make money. And at least for some owners, that's not necessarily the case. Your number one goal is to try to win. And so this is just a totally different yeah. business where a lot a lot of times I think, you know, that that kind of business experience elsewhere doesn't apply. But on the other hand, I think there are some organizations that could really benefit from more of a business type approach where like you actually have, say, an HR department that knows what they're doing that people aren't terrified to go to as as just one example <laughs> hypothetically speaking of course uh, yeah yeah uh so so let's get a little bit more into the nitty-gritty though here so uh a couple other things that's got to go into here just the willingness to spend overall uh, in yeah. uh an ownership group um i, I think that's that's a, a good uh, criterion to consider um we're also and feel free to break in here on, on any of these we're also going to look at a team's draft record and process uh you already mentioned the ownership involvement or lack thereof or owner involvement you can look at a team's record in free agency uh what, what else do we need to talk about here so one of the things i struggled with um in ranking these front offices was how to deal with teams who were sort of uh had had benefits that didn't necessarily flow from the front office in other words uh the new york and la teams that have had free agents just show up on their doorstep and yeah. you know they were able to get them, which is a plus. But on the other hand, well, these were not. Well, well shouldn't shouldn't we be saving this discussion for the the second podcast? <laughs> but, but when we do the second half, when we do the bottom half, <laughs> my point is more like these were not moves that were available to Indiana or Utah, right? So you know you have to keep that in mind. Well, and I think more accurately too, I think a really good way to think about it is you know if you put say Rob Polinka and the Lakers ownership group, if you put them in Memphis... Mm -hmm. right because we're talking about if they were yeah. running a random team here right yeah if you put that in memphis do you think they would have success right like that that's kind of the question i mean you can obviously as you mentioned it's a sliding scale lebron and ad really wanted to go to la and so that's what ended up happening and you know the clippers probably benefit from that brooklyn probably benefits from that uh, new york probably benefits from that uh maybe chicago to some degree uh, so it, it, golden state obviously is going to benefit from that although it's worth noting that they built that team into being that it was not the case uh, for a long time so uh so yeah that i mean i think that's just important 
important to remember. It's like, this is not just, hey, who who has the best record over the last two years? You know, you don't need a podcast to tell you that. Yeah, precisely. In fact, um, there is one, I think there is one awful team that will end up ranking pretty highly in this. Um yeah, no, I think that's right. So, yeah, free agency, you know, both on the margins and, you know, big ticket free agents, uh, trade record. That's obviously something that has to go into it uh, as well. Um, what are some other uh, aspects of an organization we're focusing on here? Player development. I think some teams, big time. I think there are a few teams that have had consistent success in that department that I would separate that out a little bit from the coaching equation. And uh, uh, so I would, I would say that's a factor. Then uh, ability to keep players healthy. Uh, you know, the, um, yeah. I think that's become an increasing, increasingly large component of front office work is managing that whole medical, physical, uh, part of the equation. And I think that's, I think that's an area where general managers are like owners. In other words, like I, I know this from my experience in Memphis, like I, you know, you're trying to hire for positions where you actually are not an expert at all. And right. that's really challenging. And so. Uh, I do think some teams have gotten a much better handle on this than others. And so that's that's a differentiating factor, too. Uh, yeah, you mentioned coaching hires, you know, uh, use of analytics, staffing, uh, just the, the quality of the people who are in it, right? I, I mean, I think if there's just uh, guys who have a track record that you've hired, who who you know are good, uh, who are well-paid, who are happy there, you know, I, I mean, to, to a large extent, this is going to just be, uh, it's going to correlate pretty well with what our rankings of just the GMs would be as well so that's that's a big part of this too i actually think there's some divergence here i actually think oh I, a, I agree there's a few where my opinion of the gm was pretty wildly divergent of my opinion of the whole kind of uh organization so yeah yeah no i i could think of one that uh that may actually even come up in the first half uh, yeah. so uh so yeah i mean i think you know there's some big themes that have kind of popped out here we're also we can compare to you know who, what we had a, a few years ago as well when when we did this around about this time in 2019 right when we first started the podcast actually um you know some of this is just to be based on conversations that we've had with people and just knowing whether it's people who we really respect are in that organization or or not so we'll, we'll get into it here you'll get an idea of what our criteria are as we go along we're also going to do this into tiers again this is not particularly scientific but basically the idea of the tier is if you're in this tier yeah you know i might have one team above another in the tier but i think there's a reasonable argument for other teams lower than them to be above them and so i put them on the same tier once you get below that uh that tier then i'm saying hey if you're in the tier below this other one i don't think there's a great argument for why you should be above uh teams who are in another tier so john your number one organization in the nba is okay so i had a top tier with four teams in it okay um i went back and forth and i decided this team had to be number one because when the current management team came in, they took over probably the most impossible situation in the league. And they got to the point where they were uh, overwhelming favorite to win the East at the start of this season, even though it hasn't necessarily played out that way. Um, so I put the Brooklyn Nets at number one. That is very interesting. Yeah, this this is one that I struggled with. I could not put them in the top tier. Wow. Interestingly, okay. I might have I might have had the and so we're talking about as an organization. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, and I think part of that is just because there's a little and you might say this is a hallmark of a good organization you might say it's a hallmark of, of a, an organization that needs some improvement but it does seem like this organization might be the one you know certainly current Lakers are up there too where the players have had had the most power 
Now, I actually laud them as an organization yeah. for dealing with the Kyrie Irving situation the way they did. I think they mm-hmm. handled that yeah. as well as you possibly could have. On the other hand, you also signed your life away to Kyrie Irving and gave him a ton of power in the organization. And now they're sort of feeling the uh, the negative effects but don't you that, feel like don't you feel like you had to do that to get Kevin Durant? Oh yeah, I mean, so I I agree, right? I, like this is why it was so difficult. I think that they uh, might have made themselves a better basketball team and a worse organization. Okay, over the last two years, because giving up some of their power to players who, frankly, don't know as much about what they're doing from the personnel right. standpoint as as uh, the executives do, right? I mean, they've uh, acceding to you know, let's sign all these veteran big men and you know. Let's give up even more for James Harden, maybe than we needed to, um, just because KD really wants him. Now that again, that might be the correct basketball decision, but the organization as it exists today, I think that their organizational processes are not that good, or they're not being followed now because they're acceding to the wishes uh, of the players, and that may end up being good in the short term. It might not be good in the long term. But I certainly understand the counter argument, which is, hey, they're, they got a pretty fucking good team. And that's the whole point of all this. Yeah, I see. I so I had a few other reasons for putting the number one uh, sure. willingness to spend, obviously. Um, yes. Which they're in a good market, but Brooklyn doesn't rake like the Lakers or the Knicks do. Like not at all. No. So they, uh, they have terrible local TV. I don't know if what they are this year, but yeah. Up until this year, they've had really bad local, like the on a per capita basis, like some of the worst local TV rate, uh, ratings in the league. Yeah. Um, and uh, I do think in terms of the uh, player physical side, they've been able to revive a couple of these uh, veteran bigs, maybe more than we expected. Um, Blake last year, certainly. Uh, LaMarcus this year. Uh I, I do think at the, at the margins, right, they've had some success with late draft picks, with scrap heap guys. Uh, their player development, certainly when Kenny Atkinson was there, was unbelievable. Now, we'll see if that, you know, continues in the Nash era. We don't have, quite have a big enough sample yet. Uh, so yeah. I, I mean, they, they developed those guys into being James Harden. It, well, other than Joe Harris, yeah. Um, yeah, and, no, great point, yeah. And, you know, so I, I think they're an organization where at this point you, you give them the benefit of the doubt and i think i'm still you know i'm still giving them credit for that that was it three or four year run where it looked like the absolute worst possible situation you could ever have as a basketball team and they came out of it with you know they made the playoffs and then had kevin durant and, and kyrie irving no, and I do give them a lot of credit for that. I had them uh, just because I have that one reservation about them. Okay, that's why I couldn't I couldn't put them in my absolute top tier. But I agree. I mean, they have a very very good record. They're right at the top of my tier too. I think I had them at number number four. And you know, this is again so subjective too. We may end up changing each other's minds on some of these. I definitely am open to having my mind changed. But yeah, I mean, I think just as of right now, like maybe a way to think of it is that. Like Kevin Durant is now part of this team's management or Rich Clyburn is part of this (laughs) team's management. And so if you move that process somewhere else, that they have just kind of sold their soul a little bit in a way that, you know, frankly, I probably would have done too. But if you're just talking about, 
making the right decisions as an organization going forward yeah. over the next five years, it, I, I do have some concerns there. Um, I Now, so my one, one, one thing team, I'll say yeah, okay. before we go further, for every organization yeah. in the league, you can definitely find a negative move or a move that didn't work out. And even for the worst organizations, you could definitely find some positive stuff. Like for sure. any organization with any length of track record at all, it definitely, you know, it's it starts boiling down into a positives pile and a negatives pile and comparing which one is bigger. But no, nobody bats, bats a thousand in this league for long. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there, there's a few where we might be scraping the bottom of the barrel to, uh, to find it. But but I agree. I actually, even the teams at the bottom compared to five years ago, I don't feel as bad about those teams as as I did. Some of those teams have made yeah. have made changes and, and there are reasons to, to feel better about them. But again, that may be our next podcast here. Anyone who's seen our YouTube videos knows that I don't wear formal stuff all the time. So when it's time to dress up rather than dress down, I highly recommend Inochino. They were the official outfitter of my wedding. I got my tux from there. All my groomsmen got their sport jackets from there as well. I felt really good about having them be the outfitter of my wedding because all my groomsmen were going to get stuff that they could continue to wear that fit them perfectly. Because when you go somewhere else, you're not going to get something that's made for you. So why not measure yourself in 10 minutes or visit a showroom rather than feeling like you're wearing somebody else's suit that they tried and failed to tailor for you. And not only does Indochino have the suits that made them famous, but now they've got everything. Blazers, pants, women's wear, outerwear, designed and made for you. Hundreds of high quality fabrics to choose from. European wools, linen, cottons, tons of colors, tons of patterns. You can customize things like the lapel, the vents, the pockets, and you'll get a piece that is personalized for you in fit and style. So level up your game with Indochino. Go to Indochino.com and use the code PER. Easy to remember because John invented it. Use PER to get 10% off any purchase of $399 or more. That's 10% off at Indochino, I-N-D-O-C-H-I-N-O, Indochino.com. And don't forget that PER code to let them know you came from us. I remember after college, before I was going to move on to the next chapter of my life, my buddy and I went to Hilton Head, South Carolina to work some summer jobs and hang out. We had a great time, except for his car. His car was awful. We called it the POS. It was like a 91 Oldsmobile Cutlass Sierra. We're allowed to talk about Oldsmobile now that it's a defunct brand, right? Is that okay? This thing had the turning radius of a World War I battleship, broke down all the time, just a, a miserable vehicle to drive. And when customers are rushing to your store, you want a point of sale system that you can trust, not a real POS like my buddy's car. You need Shopify for retail. It makes it easy to accept payments, manage orders, and build relationships with customers. You can sell in person, backed by everything that you need to sell online, track every sale across your business in one place, know exactly what's in stock, connect with customers in line and online. You can drive in-person store traffic with plug-and-play tools for marketing campaigns on social media. Get great hardware that fits your business, accept credit cards, mobile payments, every other major payment method, all with low fees and transparent pricing starting on day one. Plus, their award-winning help is there to support you every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash PER. All lowercase, easy to remember slash PER because John invented PER. Go to shopify.com slash PER to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com 
com slash per. So my number one team, okay, tier one number one mm-hmm. is the Toronto Raptors. Okay, I had them number three. Uh, I had yeah. them in tier one. Uh, I did not. I, I think they organizationally they probably pour more resources into things than any other team. Uh, in terms of their staffing, their scouting, uh, their analytics. Uh, they made a great coach hire with Nick Nurse, obviously. Uh, ballsy move at the time, too, to let Casey go. Uh, they've been great at player development. They've been outstanding in the draft. Looks like they got another one with Scotty Barnes. They, other than the Kawhi deal, um, I'm, I'm not sure uh, some of their uh, – I'm, I'm sorry – I misspoke. It's it. They've they've done well on trades. Actually, it's. I'm sorry. It's yeah. It's yeah, free. The, it's the, free the agency. Soul trade was great. Yeah. The Rudy Gay trade, which was still yeah. this regime, which started. Yeah. You know that's Grievous Vasquez um, for a first and a second. Well, yeah. When and the second, of course, became Norm Powell because they draft well and develop yeah. well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, Delano Banton is another guy who at least is like in the rotation that they just yeah. you know, cobbled together out of nowhere this year. Yeah. Um, Picked Ananobi you know, and Siakam, Siakam in the twenties. Fred VanVleet was yeah. undrafted. Yeah. I mean, yeah. their their track record there, and I think it's not just it, selection; it's selection and player development in tandem, and and they've yeah. just so done it. OG Ananobi. Out, yeah. Outstanding job with that. Uh, free agency has been a little bit of a problem for him. Uh, Damari Carroll, Aaron Baines, uh, there's been a few other clunkers in there. So that, that, that would probably be the one flag with them. And then willing to spend, but probably not willing to spend on the level of like Brooklyn, the Clippers or Golden State. Yeah. Well, they certainly spent on, and, and also I guess that you could, you could say there's a little bit of organizational turmoil. That report that came out that the, the co-owner went to Messiah Jiri and told him he wasn't worth it and uh, but but ultimately Larry Tannenbaum who is their their uh the league governor did come in and and yeah. say uh no actually uh we're doing it this way so I, so ultimately that ended up being much sound and fury signifying nothing but the fact that that happened is a slight demerit but I think also you know if you just look at the personnel in this front office too uh Messiah Jiri I probably would have to be considered the best GM in the NBA uh, I would say he's certainly getting paid like it he deserves it um uh, and he's he's had two nice runs in Denver and now in Toronto as well. And then Bobby Webster is a good bench. They've got among the best analytics groups as well yeah, in Toronto. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. the, the, you do worry, okay, hey, how are we ranking number one, a team that's going to be, you know, fighting for a spot in the East playoffs this year? But, uh, you know, I think even, even by the way, I would say another indication of why this is a good organization is they didn't like go all out for the sorry play in last year either. And they ended up tanking, doing the right thing and getting, and getting Scotty, Scotty Barnes, Barnes as a result. That, yeah. That was a, that was a great move. Uh, now they're off. And their GM is like, yeah, I don't give a crap about the play in. Yeah. I'm like, I was like, God, that's so refreshing. <laughs> like the, the, now you, you've got the equity to do that because they won a championship, but still, I, I, that's, that's how every organization should, should probably be thinking. Um, if you're not, especially if you're not an organization that's like on the way up so um we'll see on them you know if they're if they're still scuffling and you know around this level and haven't found a way to take the next step in a couple of years we probably have to reevaluate it at that point but i also um, thought their most recent offseason was a little weird um lowry for achua and Dragic instead of having like the 20 million in room or whatever and then uh and then you still go ahead and sign trent to this kind of very large contract which is also has a player option on the third year when his his youth was like the main advantage right and so that 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 whole thing was 
was a little weird to me where that they kind of yeah. squandered an opportunity there i thought no that's true but the, they also ended up getting scotty barnes i mean i i think i graded them lower on their offseason but barnes is looking like he was the right pick there which i didn't think he was at the time so that's uh so yeah i mean i think it, but you know I, I think we're splitting here so we both agree they're kind of i had him third tier. yeah 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 um but but in the same tier as as uh brooklyn yes uh your number one team all right who's your number two then uh, I have the Los Angeles Clippers number two. Uh, a little similar to Brooklyn in the sense that, you know, when they came in post-doc, it really did not look like a great situation there. And they were able to kind of build it up and build it up. And obviously, they benefited from Kawhi coming there. And uh, But they had made the playoffs the year before Kawhi got there. So again, similar to Brooklyn kind of, right? Uh, and they yep. continued to find these role players at the margins in terms of Batum and... Uh, Reggie Jackson uh, was a great reclamation project. Obviously, they've benefited from being in LA because I think they have an advantage with all these minimum guys. Uh, but at the same time, they've really taken advantage of that. Uh, on the draft, they've been decent, right? They pull they pulled Terrence Mann out of their out of their hats in the fifties. They've Shea Gilgis Alexander was a great pick. Shea was a great pick, exactly. Uh, which they obviously were every little leverage and turned into into Paul George. Uh, they've uh, had an affection for bad centers. That that has hurt them at times, but overall, you would say they've done they've done a nice job. Again, a pretty deeply resourced organization. Balmer does a great job of uh, providing them with all the financial resources, asking lots of questions, but otherwise not getting in the way. And so, so I think that's been a really positive thing for them. No, I I agree. Yeah, I mean Terrence Mann at forty eight is, is great. Uh, and yeah, I mean the the only thing that was uh that hurt them was uh Jerome Robinson number thirteen overall in twenty eighteen, which was you know Oof. one pick before Michael Porter. That was that wasn't too good. Well, uh, I mean but. you're you're seeing now why there was some skittishness about Porter. I mean that that medical report on him. Oh I yeah, saw it. It was it was not good. Uh, but there were other players available who I thought were clearly better than Jerome Robinson in that draft. Yeah. Yeah, no, that, that was that was one that I didn't. I just couldn't come up with like what even the argument for him was at that point. But yeah, I, I think everything that you say, plenty of money on analytics. I mean, you got even like Jerry West in the organization as well. Uh, Lee Jenkins, so uh, former former SI writer. Yeah, I, but but right. I mean, they brought they they th- that's just something that no one else is doing. I don't know how much Lee is actually. You know, we haven't heard anything from Lee obviously since he went into that organization. That's another thing actually is they keep their shit quiet. Like Blake Griffin, that came out of nowhere. The yeah. Paul George trade uh-huh. for Kawhi that came out of nowhere. Like when they're doing big stuff, mm-hmm. you don't get this circus in the media for three weeks uh, for on every little aspect of the negotiation. They just fucking do it. Yeah, I mean Paul George is a perfect example right 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 yeah so so where did where did you have these guys uh i had the number two as well yeah 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 i I think they've just done done a really really good consistent job uh and continue to do so now it's going to be interesting here because they have you know they have some interesting decisions coming up i think as far as well a how they play out this season and what they do how they handle Kawhi's health situation but then even you know they're getting into situation where they're kind of more and more restricted by their roster and their lack of draft picks and and the cap situations uh Zubats Reggie you know Batum like all these guys are going to become free agents uh, oh great scrap he pick up by the way Hartenstein this year like they have to keep replicating this and that 
could be really challenging. Yeah, but they're finding ways to do it so far. I mean, that's and yeah, and and I think it's worth noting again where they were in 2017. Chris Paul is going to potentially leave for nothing, but no, they actually worked out a uh, sign and trade with him to Houston. Got got him to opt in. They got all these guys back. Houston obviously wanted to do that too, but they were able to work that out. Get all these guys back. That became the foundation of still being decent enough to attract. Kawhi and Paul George later on the Blake Blake Griffin trade they managed that amazingly well they signed him to a contract that obviously was terrible that he ended up getting bought out of the yep. final two years of but they were able to not lose the asset for nothing with him by not offering him the contract and then trading him in 2017 to the Pistons for plenty of positive value uh, and then just the, their overall yeah. various asset plays, Tobias Harris, that was a, a huge trade as well. Again, recognizing they didn't want to pay him and that they're going to be waiting on Kawhi. And so that was a really no pivotal sense. season. Did the Blake trade followed by the Harris trade and then still making the playoffs? I mean that that was just a tremendous achievement that year. Yeah. Well, yeah, they they made they made the playoffs in 19. They did not in 18, but they were still competitive in 18. So, uh, oh, um Oh, the years yeah, are right, so, the years are running together on me. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, it's okay. It's uh, a lot runs together at, at RH here. Uh <laughs> the so who is the next the last team in your top 2? We already got Toronto Clippers and Brooklyn in yours. Toronto and Clippers in mine. I have one more team in my top 2. I'm interested to see what it's the same as yours. I had the Miami Heat. Um, yep, me too. I think their their stability and the fact that the basketball side is, you know, unquestionably in charge. Like Mickey Harrison gives him the resources, and he doesn't really uh, put his hands in otherwise, except maybe to insist they get under the luxury tax uh, or not spend too far into it. But overall, I think they do a really good job. They've done a tremendous job on player development and scouting, which is, again, and they've increased their emphasis on areas like analytics, player health, uh, and the draft where maybe they didn't emphasize so much that so much uh, during the earlier part of the, the Riley era and the, the LeBron era. And now I think they've realized that those are places where, where they have to invest in order to be competitive. And they don't call it load management, but they still sit out Jimmy Butler all the time, right? So it ends up being the same thing, yeah. uh, you know. Well, and also the way that they just have this, like, you have to be in awesome shape to play for them, right? And and that's, you know, that has cost them sometimes, right? I mean, they'll guys who probably could have helped them have to sit out to, like, get their shit together. But overall, having that as your organizational ethos that you just, you don't play for us unless you are in unbelievable shape, that's, that trickles down and you then you have an entire team that's in unbelievable shape and that that really helps a lot so and uh you know so i i think that they could be successful even if they weren't necessarily in miami i mean they're that definitely yeah. helps as far as getting free agents and you know does jimmy butler come there if they're not in miami eh, you know tough call but then they would have a different approach right they wouldn't have traded away all these draft picks some of the draft picks they have hero at 14 bam out at 14 like when they've had even a decent ish draft pick that's really good they got duncan robinson uh just created him out of nothing basically and you know he's he's now a 90 million dollar contract guy and uh so there's when they do go development uh they do that really well and then they also uh, are able to bring in free agents and uh and finally they also have uh former dunked on director of inside and foresight liam doyle working for them so that that bumps (laughs) them up a notch as well very 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 they'd probably be in the 20s without him honestly (laughs) 
Uh, so another thing I think, you know, from the fantasy GM perspective, like Andy Ellisberg is really good at manipulating the cap. Um, so they've oh, yeah. always been able yeah, to he- magically end up $43 below the tax line every season, uh, put, you know, are able to put together trades pretty creatively, have been able to do some stuff with not a lot of draft assets to throw into deals. So they've been, they've been able to get, get things done. And I think, you know, yeah. that, ru- I mean, a couple of examples of that, by the way, the signing all those guys to team options including Dragic and then being able to trade for Lowry using that team option while staying over the cap and then having the full mid-level to use on PJ Tucker you know that that's a a perfect example of that uh in 2017 these were bad contracts that they signed but they still were able to use I think they're really the first team that I can recall to use a bunch of unlikely bonuses that would hopefully end up becoming likely to fit more guys in under the cap than Brooklyn ended up doing that in 2019 as well so they could sign DeAndre and mollify KD and and Kyrie. Uh, so the, the, I think they were the first ones to do that. They, I think a lot the, of interesting uh, the, cap stuff. the Pelicans had actually done that a year earlier because we we um, we were looking at doing the same thing if we hadn't um, gone the direction we did that we won't speak about that summer. Um, but that 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 I, I want to say the Pelicans had done that. Uh, first uh it was maybe a year earlier uh but yeah i mean they definitely i mean they max like i said they maximize every dollar that they have an opportunity to use and that incentives trick is one of the ways to do it um yeah so i mean they're pretty good they're good in just about every area i mean the one thing you can criticize them for maybe is being a little bit too here and now focused but yeah generally what they do is they they do that betting that they're going to be able to find a way to figure things out in the future and they always do yeah right i mean so so now you know do we have i have some concern about their offseason the long term you know kyle lowry making 30 million going into being age 37 and the butler extension i mean that's yeah, yeah the butler extension has to worry you but at the same yeah. time, I mean, because they, one of the trade-offs with the way they've always run things is that, uh, you know, maybe they, maybe their players, uh, hit their sell-by date a little earlier. So now they've, they've shifted that a little again. They're much more into the load management than they used to be. But I think managing Butler in particular, when you owe him four years after this one at the max, I mean, that's that that's one you definitely have to think about as a potential liability. Yeah. Well, now they made the, all these moves thinking that they would be a championship contender. I think you and I weren't a thousand percent sold on that, but I would say early on, they look, it looks like they are a championship contender th- this year. And so if you are in championship contention for a couple of years it, it, as a result of these moves that have some back end consequences, that's not the end of the world. It's when you make those moves, you're then you're not even a championship contender in the beginning. And then the you get killed on the back end. And that's when when it's really a problem. Uh, and, you know, and they still got Bam and Hero coming up. Hero looks like he's back on track now. And so yeah, those two guys, really even if Butler, I'm sorry? He's been really good. Yeah. 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 Potential six-man okay. winner. So let's see. I mean, we don't need to rush this discussion here. We can always even end up saving some of it for next, next week or even mm-hmm. uh, go three parts here as well. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. 
that crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. But, so that's the end of my tier one. Uh, it's the end of your tier one also. I had Toronto Clippers and Miami in my tier one. You added Brooklyn to that, and Brooklyn was actually your number one. Uh, Brooklyn was at the top of my tier two at number four. And my number five organization in the NBA, I'm going to actually, this is a, a team that's made a bit of a comeback. I would have actually said, I, I think I had these guys uh you know around 10th or so in 2019 and then they probably would have actually dropped down a lot over the last year and now they're back up again and that's golden state wow okay i thought golden state in the same group with a bunch of other teams i I think a lot of these teams are all very close now in kind of the four to twelve range for me i i Um, i thought golden state was really hard to rank um on the one hand you have the fact that like the the curry curry was just there flying under the christmas tree for him right um and and that's still by far the biggest factor in in their success uh Picked the right coach, which is important. Made a lot of good moves this past offseason. Uh, the Wiseman pick. Whew. That, yeah no that's, that's uh i mean yeah. that 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 that's looking like a, a could be a generational fail right there to not take Lamelo. um could you imagine Lamelo on this team by the way yeah i mean there, there's a lot of butterfly effect stuff uh, that might have changed things around there but yeah i mean so so i think they had maybe it's looking like potentially the best off season in the league last year so far at least um you know they made moves around the margin a, a, a big part actually of why i moved them up was that they totally rehabilitated their player development staff and really put a lot more resources into that they also just have the highest payroll in nba history i mean i think when you're willing to spend to that level that covers up a, a lot of ills uh you know, I think they've largely made pretty like the Wiggins trade uh, to get Kaminga and a, a high second in that in that and to, uh, also get off a of Russell at the same time. I and mean, that looks like a brilliant trade now in yeah. retrospect. Yep. Um, and yeah, I, I think overall, you know, Bob Myers is one of the more respected GMs. I, actually, you know what, that. though? I will say this, five is too high for them. I'll I'll put a, I'll keep them in this year. I'm going to move them down, though, probably into more like the eight range. OK, Um, I, I think that is too high for them as i kind of go through i I think they still have a a few more foibles than uh and and i think i probably actually i think i was just giving a little bit too much credit to like the coaching staff as well which are not really supposed to give as much credit to so i want to move them down a little bit um where did you have golden state rank uh, I had them 11th. Yeah. No, so we're not that off on them in the end. I th- it, and again, I think once we're, I thought the top tier for me and the bottom tier for me were very easy. Um, I thought kind of like 20 through 25 was pretty easy to rank for me, but then I'll like kind of four through 18, I think. But, I, I, yeah. I it got, it got hard, right? Yeah. Yeah, this is definitely, I think, the yeah. hardest part of it. So I'll tell you, you. start. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was going to say you start getting to where there's some good things and some bad things. Exactly. And how much you're going to weight each of them. Exactly. So I had the organization I had at number five was the Denver Nuggets. Yeah, I, that makes sense to me. I'm. I think I'm a little bit lower on them. Well, I, I, no, I, maybe I should move them up for because I think they've shown now with the Porter extension. Although you maybe got a question their process with the Porter extension, given that he may be going under the knife soon. Yeah, with back surgery. But that finally augured to me 
that they're really going to actually spend into the tax. Exactly. Which was my biggest, that was my biggest reservation about those guys. Yeah. Cause they'd always had a reputation for being cheap and that they're, it looks like they're willing to spend now that they have a team that I think, I think fully constituted. This is a team that can win the championship. Um, and they've basically done it without, without any like silver platter moves. You know, it's not like LeBron decided he wanted to move there, right? They drafted the best player in the league in the second round, right? You got to give him credit for that. Uh, you All know, right. Well, the, let's, uh, I, I can't abide this best player in the league. <laughs> the best regular but season. I, I, for, the best for those regu- interested, actually, I, I mean, I've done, I've talked about this many times, but for those interested, I actually did a whole podcast talking about some of the top 10 players, including probably about 15, 20 minutes on, on Jokic with Ben Taylor, okay. uh, the Thinking Basketball podcast, if you want to check that out uh, to get more of my thoughts on that before I completely derail the podcast here. <laughs> let, let me qualify that statement, uh, which which I wrote about in an article for The Athletic. The best regular season uh, player in the league right now. We'll, we'll yeah, see if he holds th- that it. I can get behind. Uh, I can get behind that. You know, once you get Murray back, once you hopefully get Porter back, I mean, we'll see. That's a little bit of a red red flag there. Um, I think they've continued to be able to find guys. I mean, P.J. Dozier, unfortunately, tore his ACL. So, you know, but the, getting him on a minimum, getting Compasso out of Europe, uh, we'll see what they get out of Bones Highland. But he looks like another pick in the 20s that they might have hit on. Monte Morris was drafted in the 50s. So I, I think they've done a good job. They've been stable, well-managed, good at player development. They've stuck by Michael Malone this whole time. I I do think he's actually shown he's like one of the league's better coaches. And, uh, you know, I think the Crankies have let Tim Connolly make his moves and and do his thing without too much interference. And they've been, they've been able to do a really nice job. So, I you know, the, the, the willingness to spend probably puts a, puts a cap on where I'd have them. They've had one or two deals that haven't gone well. I mean, obviously the Nurkic-Plumley trade stands out. But overall, I mean, I think you got to rank them near the top. Yeah, and my other big criticism of them was that they're too eager to reward some of their own players. Now, you can argue that the reason that they develop guys so well and they have such a good culture is because they reward their own players. I thought they got you know a, a little rich on Monty Morris's contract. Another one, they always seem to kind of overpay in extensions by a couple million. Um, and then really this Porter thing, you just, you got to, I mean, maybe, maybe they, you know, they thought he was hundred percent and, you know, they did get a only 12 out of the 39 million on the last year of that contract guaranteed. But obviously, uh, it seems like maybe cause he wasn't playing well this entire season. So it seemed like the back must've already been bothering him. And I, yeah. you know, you do wonder about that process of giving him a five year max deal when, you know, I think they're major concerns right now that he's going to be able to play any more this year that maybe they should have gotten more of a discount than that but even even so if he's hurt you know getting a couple million off the max wouldn't have necessarily saved you either so these are nitpicks i i'm gonna move them up i agree i i think uh i've i've got uh, them uh you know firmly in this next group i think i probably got them at number eight uh i would say okay um actually you know what no i'm gonna i'm gonna move things around a little bit more i'm gonna i got them at uh i got them at number seven now okay um, my my number five team is the oklahoma city thunder okay all right. I had them at number eight. Uh, so obviously they've, as bad as they are right now, they've handled this rebuild, I think, from the moment Paul George said he wanted to be traded. I think they've handled this basically perfectly in terms of how they played out their hand, right? They they yeah. actually still made the playoffs next year and won the won the Westbrook trade, which is which is unbelievable. Um right. they were able to get an unbelievable ransom for Paul George, uh, because they knew 
that the the Clippers were willing to overpay, basically, and and so they were able to r- really you know put them over a barrel on that trade. Uh, I think they may have hired a decent coach and uh, Mark Dagno. Like we, we we won't really yeah. know until he has real players to work with. Um, couple couple things that I think keep them out of the top tier. Uh, first of all, I think they were up until that Paul George moment, they were kind of going sideways a little bit. Like they were they were going deep into the tax. They kind of stuck themselves with some bad contracts, uh, some not great drafts, and really had put themselves into a little bit of a tight spot before before he kind of reprieved them a little bit. And so it's really interesting to me, to me like if that moment hadn't come, how they would have played their hand out of that. Um, some of the moves... Well, well, I will say this too on that. I mean, just getting George to begin with was a massive coup. And yes. they traded Sabonis and Oladipo, neither of whom had any value at the time. They tra- uh, the they, trade of Serge... They traded yeah, Ibaka. They basically turned yeah. Serge Ibaka into Paul George, right? Yes, that's exactly what happened. Yeah, so that's, 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 yeah, that's sorcery right there. Uh, and then obviously, um, Presti also has in his history the greatest three-year draft run in NBA history. Yeah, no, that's true. I mean, now, Presti just... It, it's such a shame that he completely lost his mind from 2012 to 2016. <laughs> and then all of a sudden in 2016, like it, it, as soon as KD left, he, he morphed into a genius again, basically. <laughs> Um, you know, the Harden trade, waiters, Cantor, I mean, those were all just yeah. miserable moves. Yeah. Uh, the inability to find any kind of a decent three and D guy to pair with Russ and Katie. I mean, we don't need to go back down that road again. But I mean, since the other thing I would say too is ownership, both empowering Presti to do what's needed to be done as far as rebuilding. I mean, this yeah. is, they, they have more draft picks than any team has ever had in NBA history. And they've done it while only having basically, well, it'll probably be two bad years now, but they already have all those picks and they only had to have one bad year uh, amazingly to to amass those and and another thing too is like they just unluckily got fucked in the lottery last year yeah you know if they have jalen green on their team this year and also had the number five overall pick from houston you know did it have josh giddy and jalen green or something like that i mean if they had jalen green imagine how many more games they could lose Fine, it, it, give or Scotty Barnes, whatever. Like, but and Josh Giddy's looking like Josh Giddy's looking like a good pick at yeah, at, yeah. at six as well, which was one that I criticized. He looks like he's he's totally fine there. Um, and, and also the ownership is willing to spend in addition to giving them autonomy. In, like in this market, for them to spend as much as they did at the end of that George Westbrook run was uh, was notable. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I I think they're clearly if you want to say they should be a couple spots lower, I wouldn't argue with you too bad. If you want to put Denver above them i think that's that's totally reasonable um where did you have okc at the eighth. okay yeah so we're pretty much and i think we're all we're still working in the same tier right uh yes yeah, yeah. i had yeah, kind so, of a had kind of a big tier two here it was like a two yeah. a two and a half but yeah uh no me too actually that's, that's kind of it's interesting how this has worked out um so who is your number did you, have we done your number five team yet? my number five was denver that was denver okay who's six my six uh don't hear a lot of talk about this team what about atlanta Ooh, that's interesting i have them significantly lower okay and i i just I don't quite believe in their overall process. I, like Schlenk is just so weirdly hit or miss. Mm-hmm. Like Atlanta does stuff sometimes where you just have no idea what they were thinking. Mm-hmm. Uh, like th- that'll happen sometimes. Um, they'll, they've done some nice things. I mean, they still, yeah, Trey Young is really good. 
but they also fucked up the Luca trade like that they screwed that up um you know there are some total head scratchers like let's hey let's just take on Jeremy Lin's 12 million for this year you know like like those kind of moves mm-hmm. where you're just wondering what happened um you know DeAndre Hunter that trade from just a asset play was not very good and you understand what they were seeing with him but he also and he had like an unbelievable 15 games last year but and part of it's been injuries but he also kind of hasn't worked out uh as well i mean that th- that was a rough stretch there though in the in 2019 there's plenty of bad picks below him too so but but they in terms of assets they gave up a lot to move up to number four on a guy who hasn't particularly worked out yet um you know i thought the whole process with pierce and mcmillan was not amazing uh although they did at least bring in mcmillan knowing that they might move on from pierce but yeah maybe that was one of those maybe they should have fired him in the offseason ones i'd i'd agree with that i'd agree with that yeah. um i look at okay uh the collins pick herder pick uh the capella trade i mean those three were like massive wins right um yeah getting capella for one first round pick uh, when you consider the price that good starters have gone for uh these days that was yeah. pretty good um i'm a believer in onyeka Kongwu. i guess we won't know until probably the second half of the year uh until yeah. we see what he's able to do uh the rondo signing was was weird and bad but they also right. ended right. Like up that's that's like one of those what that, those are the types of things right yeah. like there there are these things that just pop up with them where you're just like all right how good is your process really like it feels like schlank is just flying by the the seat of his pants sometimes yeah so i would i would i would kind of agree with that part of it so that this was a again we're getting into teams where their record is like mostly positive but also warty enough where you could you could justify a lower ranking so i may be uh being too much of a homer here putting them putting them at six maybe they need to be more like eight nine ten something like that um I mean, I think they've definitely done more good than bad, uh, you know, in, in the kind of schlank era. And yeah. now we had, now I think, I mean, now's the part almost where we're going to see where he's really made of. Cause now, like, they have to navigate the tax. They have to decide who to pay. You know, they decide to pay Herder. Um, they have to figure out what to do with Gallinari next year. They, like, they have, they have decisions that are more complicated and easier to do wrong if you're, if you're not really on top of your shit. So I, I think it's, it's going to be a really interesting time in terms of a front office evaluation for Atlanta. Yeah, a couple more points. I, I do give them a lot of credit for their 2020 offseason. They got maybe the two best big dollar free agent contracts that were signed with Bogdanovich and Gallo and Gallo yeah you know what he's not worth 20 million this year but he's not non-guaranteed only 5 million guaranteed next year and they'll be able to get off of that you would think and you know he really helped them last year obviously and, and yeah uh, Bogdanovich it's a very solid shooting guard they ended up getting him for nothing they didn't they instead of going side and trade with Sacramento they just signed him to the offer sheet and uh, made the Kings blink and not match it like that was a, a good piece of work there as well um, now I do wonder, are you as high on them if they just end up playing the Heat in the first round last year and just lose to them instead of getting a great matchup in the Knicks and then another great matchup in Philly and and making it to the conference finals? If they just lose in the first round last year, I feel like their brand is just a little bit inflated because of some luck that they had in terms of seeding last year. I think a little bit. Like honest, I, I still think they would have beat Miami last year. I, I, I thought, I thought at the start of the playoffs when I looked at their roster, I was like, this team, this is a good team. Like one through eight, like. 
like this is a, this is a good playoff team. I know the Knicks and Sixers gave them places to hide Trey Young, which may not have happened yeah. against other teams. So I agree with you that that part was crucial. But I mean, they took two games off in Milwaukee in the conference finals. Like this, like I, I know Giannis was hurt for one of them, but still, I, yeah, I, I I just think by the time the playoffs began like this was a legitimately good team and I, I think again they had kind of a tough schedule in the early part of the year scuffled a little bit but I, I still think they're going to be right there when the postseason comes around again yeah I also now the, the other too, thing like, the other yeah. thing we still have to see I like their draft this year with Johnson and Cooper they're not playing right now but I think those guys are going to turn into players we'll see what happens yeah I'm high, definitely higher on Johnson than Cooper which makes sense he was picked 28 yeah uh, picks above him <laughs> so that, that's kind of how that works sometimes um yeah I have Atlanta lower I I actually have them at 14 okay um it kind of kind of in a and and you make some good points so maybe they should be a little bit higher i I've, as i mentioned i really kind of struggled in this you know nine to 15 oh so did i range. so did i who's um, who's your next team so this is one it's really mostly about one person i think i have I think the they same have the team. second best ge- what i think i have the same team yeah they i think they have the second best general manager in the league philly with daryl morey yeah and um you know they have a fractious ownership group at times obviously they've screwed a bunch of stuff up i think they they've got some decent guys in their front office that i think were you know made more sense to work under daryl they at least went and got daryl from houston in a a pretty good way right like he he had to maneuver his way out of houston they got him they didn't end up having to actually give up compensation as well they're paying him a ton obviously the way that they did things with the hinky exit and the colangelo and then what a shit show that was and then the brett brown slash gm by committee and as a result of all that they made some really terrible moves and blew all of the fruits of the process era yep um but I think, you know, I think they made a pretty good coach hire in Doc Rivers, at least for the regular season. And, uh, and I just, and, and like the maxi pick is good. Like pretty much everything they've done since Daryl got there augurs that they're, yeah. Curry they're trade, on, really on the right Danny track. Green's, Danny Green, uh, trade, uh, with, with Horford, uh, the, uh, uh, one, one more pick, the maxi pick. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I'm somewhat confident in, uh, Jaden Springer, even though he's not going to see the floor this year. Uh, Charles Bassey is actually played some minutes paul reed fan club uh continues to beg for his freedom uh george niang might might have been the best per dollar might have been the best free agent signing in the summer oh yeah yeah definitely um yeah so i i mean i, I do think they have a lot of issues in the front office and, and more even maybe with ownership than the front office yeah at this point yeah i shouldn't although say in the front wi- office, willing to spend i mean they're, they're willing to pay into the yeah. tax so that offsets some of that yeah i mean i think they they spend commensurate with what they're marketing yeah that's not fair. necessarily above it that's fair okay no i think we're yeah so philly is my number six uh, and then I have Denver at seven. Uh, Golden State is number nine. And I have one more in this okay. in this tier. All right, who's that? And, and I'm a little I'm a little wary of putting them here. May, I may end up moving. Them okay, down I, have, I have two I, I have two teams in this left in this tier, but I'm I'm squishy on them. So I'm I'm curious to hear who your team is. And, and this is a team that maybe actually would have been more comfortably in this tier two years ago as the Utah Jazz. Okay, I had them ninth. 
Uh, yeah. So one thing that's changed for the positive uh, since uh, Ryan Smith bought the team is that they're willing to spend now, man. And oh, yeah. they were not willing to go into the tax before. Now they are way into it. Um, and so that's a clear positive. Uh, and they're definitely all in for this moment where they have Gobert and Mitchell in their prime. So uh, great on them for that. Uh, they hired the right coach, which is good. You, you know, you can't we can't give them the way we're doing this. We can't give them too much credit for Quinn Snyder right now. But they at least made the right decision. Uh, uh, when it was well, well, here's a question for you on on, on the coach. Mm-hmm. Is he now the GM? Is he? <laughs> what'd you say? Is he now the GM? Is that your question? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, that, yeah. Uh, that's that's definitely a fair question to wonder. But still, like this last off season, like I thought Rudy Gay was a good, was a really astute pickup for them because he's somebody who could potentially uh, play five for them in a size down lineup, which they didn't really have that before. They would just be so small at times, especially when Gobert was off the floor. And now I think they have a little more plausible size. Uh, the the Paschal trade was the same thing where they didn't really give up anything for him. Hassan Whiteside has actually turned out to be a pretty good minimum guy too. Uh, the thing you worry about a little bit with Smith coming in, the commitment to spend, uh, a couple of these contracts have been maybe a little bit on the fanboy side, uh, especially the Gobert extension. So that that's something you worry about a, a little bit. And then... Yeah. Well, well that said, John, mm-hmm. Rudy Gobert would have had four year max offers on the market after the year that he had last year and and they, they really they they would have ended up having to pay him that contract anyway to keep him i think like I, there's i i agree that you kind of think hey do you want to give him that contract now you know over 200 million dollars over five years do you want to give that kind of that contract a year ahead of time but as it turned out i think they would have been they would have been stuck giving him that contract was, was he 10 like years was he 10 years of service no no but i think but like he was super it, max if eligible he, yeah yeah but if you if you're the home team and he's got four-year max offers elsewhere you can't risk alienating the guy by not giving him the most that you can give him now I that's think, a, I, I, I mean think they that's that's a real thing that i think people don't understand yeah. that when you're when you're the home team like that you're actually expected to do more to keep your guy or they get pissed off <laughs> even though even though you yeah. might technically still have a better offer by like a dollar or two that they, they don't want you to be better by a dollar or two because because you've they've given their blood, sweat, and tears for you, and now they feel like it's time, you know, for for you to show some love to them. So that 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 can be that can be where emotion sometimes kind of trumps the dollars. Like that's how Tony Allen basically ended up in Memphis. Was that Memphis made an offer, and Boston came back and said, "Okay, we'll give you the same offer." And by then he was like, "Well, no, you should have done more for me. I'm going to Memphis." So uh, and that's happened with other free agent cases too. Yeah, and I do wonder about you know Smith doesn't have that much of a track record. I am encouraged, as you said, that he wants to spend the whole, you know, Dwayne Wade coming in as like kind of an owner, but seems to like have a little bit of power as well. Like, I'm a little wary of that and how that might play out. You know, I don't think. Dwayne Wade as someone who's never worked in a front office before is who you want like actually making real decisions like it, if he's it could be still a, more in a cheerleader role that's fine yeah it could be a good thing depending on where his input is coming right if it's right. if he's yeah. if his input is coming in areas that build on his experience as a player then I think that's probably more positive than negative um yeah but you know obviously if he's 
giving his in- input on the cap or, you know, on draft guys that he hasn't really seen, but saw, you know, in a tournament game once, then that's more of a negative thing. Yeah. And I, I don't know that it's that necessary. I mean, it, yeah. could, it could be more in the free agent, but, you know, as far as just like his, his relationship with Donovan Mitchell and keeping him happy and stuff, like all that, I think is actually a good thing. Like it's probably more likely, honestly, to be a positive than a negative based on what we've heard so far, but you just, you never know. Like it's just yeah. a little early uh, on some of this. I mean, also just having to move on from your GM because he and the coach didn't get along. That's not a good thing. Yeah. Although I think, you know, Lindsay, it, it may have been time for him to move on. And I also, I'm a big Justin Zanuck fan as well. You hear a lot of really good things about him. So I think they're in good hands there, but it does seem like there's kind of, you know, a little more of a power sharing arrangement now, and you don't know exactly how it's working out. And, yeah. and um, you know, they had to get rid of their medical guy because he pissed off Donovan Mitchell by not letting him play in game one against Memphis. And I'm assuming that's why it was. I don't know that yeah. for sure. Yeah, but I would sure assume seems that's like it. it. Um, and you know they've had some issues uh, on the medical side, you know, for a few years now. So it's it's not a perfect one, but I also I think they generally they draft well, they find the right guys that work in Quinn Snyder's system. It, it does seem like the coach is now more in lockstep with the the front office. So I, I think this is about right for these guys. Um, I mean, you know, they drafted Rudy Gobert at 27 and traded for Donovan Mitchell at 13, and yeah. that's why they have a great team. The Conley trade was a really good trade. Yeah. Uh, the trade for Clarkson was a really good trade. They got brought Joe. Ingles out of nowhere like they, they've made they have a lot of successes like they're you want to talk about teams that are really good but you know I mean the, the one high draft pick that they ever had was Dante Exum and yeah. he completely failed and they're still awesome yeah exactly exactly so they, they've definitely been able to build a lot from a little there so that that would complete my tier two and, okay. and maybe is there any other team that's like right in this range you want to talk about I think we'll probably should, it's time I to got, go on I got I got one more te- I got one more team in tier two Nate okay uh I had the at the bottom of tier two. Uh, I think they do. They've done a lot with the resources they've had. They've never had a bad year. Uh, Indiana. Yeah, I'm a little lower on them at this point. It, we differed on them two years ago as well. Mm-hmm. And yeah, never having a bad year, that's that's okay. Uh, don't they have to have a good year sometime too, though? <laughs> They've had they've had a couple like almost good years, but yeah. Well, well they, so let me ask you this: they were like, remarkably consistent have... in the forty-one to forty-six win range, which in a, in a in a small market when you can't spend in the tax is no easy feat. So I, I well, well, the, the, not never spending into the. I mean, they they are probably I would say the organization that other than maybe New Orleans and Charlotte, they are the organization that is least likely to go into the tax under any circumstances. Would you agree with that? I would probably agree with that. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty tough for me to put but, you in top 10. But other than that, other than that, the Simons stay out of their business. They let them make make all the basketball decisions. Um, well, I mean, do you, do you think of Kevin Pritchard as like some genius GM? Uh, I think he's solid. Yeah. So, I mean, we're, you know, we, we, we got through all the cream of the crop now, right? So like, well, well, here, here's what I would say. I would say, I think your argument for them being good is worse now than it was two years ago. They completely fucked up the Bjorkren thing. So definite red flag in the Bjorkren hire. To their credit, they moved on from it right away. But yeah, they hired the wrong guy without a doubt. Um, made, you know, they could look a lot better right now if TJ Warren were upright because they completely boned Phoenix on that trade. And I think they've generally drafted well, uh, with mid tier picks. Uh, haven't hit on every one, but they've hit on enough of them. 
Uh, done a pretty good job with exception money. Uh, when you talk about getting players like Holiday, McConnell, guys like that, Torrey Craig's been pretty good for him this year. So I think just around the margins, they've been pretty good. You can argue last year, I mean, maybe they overvalued Karis LeVert. We'll still see. I think there's a fair argument to be made there. Maybe they should have split up the Sabonis-Turner pairing sooner. Maybe not. I think that's a yeah. thing. Pay- and, and that's actually, I think that's a good point. Like this is, this is a team, you know, these guys are Rod Carew instead of Reggie Jackson, right? Like they are <laughs> just they slicing are singles over the shortstop's head, right? <laughs> yeah, like, but but they're you know they don't have the vision to go for anything big. And you mentioned, hey, they've never been bad. Well, that's be- part of that is because they're not they're kind of content to just be. I mean, I don't know if they're content, but they're not doing things. They, they don't make big swings, right? Like to me, you get, did this great move to get Sabonis, and now he's made a couple All Star teams. He's not actually that good, though. And so you could have maybe moved him for some huge return if you were willing to make him available for a team that really wants a quote unquote All Star. You know, that's the sort of like visionary move that I think mm-hmm. a team, you know, a team like a Toronto might have been willing to make, but not Indiana. Indiana is always going to push to make the playoffs that year get their couple of home games um but you're just they're hard and they've done a lot of nice things you know the george trade like like this is a perfect example like the george trade it seemed like they didn't really get that much in that deal like when you see what sabonis and oladipo were worth in the realm of what they were trying to do in that trade they got two guys that were kind of undervalued and turned out to be really good in oladipo and sabonis and yet uh you know they they didn't shoot for the moon either right they still kind of within what they were trying to do they executed it but it's just the overall overarching vision mm-hmm. of doing something great just doesn't seem to be there with this team yeah yeah so I, so did i convince you you got them down in the 20s now no or? no no i i think i think this is a this is like a description of the 10th best <laughs> team like i'm, I'm I'm pretty yeah. okay having him here. I don't know. Maybe somebody else we talk well, about well, later. So how can jump you? Ahead. Why do you? Why would you have them higher than Boston, for example? Uh, I think the B- Boston uh is under new management and has stepped yeah. stepped in it in the draft pretty regularly the last couple of years. So I, I I think that changes the evaluation on Boston to where they were pretty clearly one of the higher ones when when we last did this, and now you know it's more of a probationary period for them. I would say. You know, I, I think that's fair, right? I mean, I, I there is the continuity with Stevens, but he's never been in the front office before. You might also have to question the process that just brought him to be the president with no experience a process that might have been well this guy doesn't want to coach anymore but he still has a six million dollar contract so what the hell are we going to do with him you know, <laughs> right. the, again i've never i've never heard any reporting on that but i think that's like a reasonable you can't you can't exactly rule that one out let's put it that way right yeah, yeah. i mean that's i think that's a reasonable supposition yeah. and uh but you know i think they had a good off season and i think if they get healthy i still think i, I still believe in them to be a pretty solid team this year they're starting to come around a little bit so but i i agree i mean that's i would have had them probably i think a couple of years ago i i had them you know top probably top five i had them top, top five or top and, three or something the last time we did this i remember yeah 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 and and danny ainge had an awesome track record at that time uh as well you know that they've and they i mean they made another conference finals that year right but yeah you know i, I think they but they to me if you compare boston's record to indiana's over the last 10 years i would say boston but you make the good point that ainge is no longer there and and also perhaps that he was kind of had fallen off a little bit in the last couple years which is why he's probably not there anymore yeah 
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Um, yeah, so, so I had Boston at, at 11, by the way. But all right, that, that's probably enough here to, to cut it off right around the 9-10 range uh, or so. Mm-hmm. And it, it, we, can, uh, we can pick it up next week. But let's uh, get into a few questions here on Twitter Spaces. Uh, hopefully, uh, those of you who have requested, thanks to everyone who did. We got a ton of these. Um, I'm sure you've got a lot of stuff. So if you have a question, uh, please, let's focus it on some of the stuff we've been talking about here in organizations. I don't think we want to get too much into organizations that we haven't talked about that much yet. Uh, but, you know, we'll keep it mostly free flow. And if, if uh, we can react, but we want to try to preserve the future podcast. Let's, uh, let's start off here with Rob. Rob, Rob is in right now. Hey guys, uh, this is Bob talking now. Um, so Nate, you've talked a lot about Nikola Jokic and that you, uh, referring back to previous teams that have had a lot of success in the playoffs, they haven't had a center who's been as defensively inept as Jokic. Do you think a lot of that's just because those teams haven't been built offensively around centers? And if you're built around Kawhi or LeBron, it doesn't make much sense to have Ennis Cantor at center. So, and since we've had a kind of a new wave of centers emerge now, who have really been offensive hubs, successful teams, that that might actually change in the near future. So, well, let's all. Yeah, yeah, remember ahead, who, the, who the centers were in last year's finals. I mean, it was a little different that like Brooke Lopez and DeAndre Ayton were not like classic switch guys. No, that's true. Although the Bucks could still switch. And I think that was that was how they were closing games out. So they still yeah. do have Giannis. But um, but but yeah, to, to Rob's point, um, number one, I wouldn't say that Jokic's defense is quote unquote so inept. It's more just that it's not. It, it was inept at times in that Phoenix series. I will say that. But uh, it's not even necessarily that it's so inept. It's just that it's not like really good. And I just think it's really hard to have a good defense, a good a championship quality defense if you don't have a good to great level of center uh so so i, I think that's part of it um you know the, the other the center the teams that are built around centers you know, Joel Embiid is still a, a pretty good defensive player carl anthony towns hasn't ever really made the playoffs uh, when it's been his team so you can kind of take him out of that equation a little bit and uh Jokic to me is just a he is a an extremely unique player it's a little bit on the offensive end but defensively i think a lot of teams we've seen go into you mentioned Ennis Cantor, I don't think he's a, a great analogy here, but just to, to roll with that, we, you go into times where you just don't even see teams late in the playoffs with these kind of more offensively focused centers who are mediocre on defense. Those guys usually would normally just end up getting played off the floor, except with Jokic, there is no playing off the floor because he is the team. And so uh, I think that that's telling that generally those guys are viewed as being damaging players uh, to your defense enough that they're not going to be playing by the end of a series against a really good team. I mean, I think it's worth noting, John, you mentioned the centers like those Brooke Lopez and DeAndre Ayton were both very solid defense 
defensive centers, right? Both, both those guys are way better than Jokic to me. Yeah, I mean, Lopez especially, certainly. Uh, yeah, without, without and, and Aiton was very good against Jokic. That's part of why, and against AD as well to help them get through. Um, yeah, anything else you want to add there, Rob? Yeah, I think part of what I was getting at with that is like, I think part of the reason why we don't see those centers late is there aren't many teams built offensively around like Jokic is. Yeah. So it's kind of like a confirmation bias of, oh, well, they're not there late. Well, that's also because those guys' offenses are running Kawhi or LeBron or Steph or KD, and those guys just don't make much sense to have on the roster with type of player. Well, I think, but a lot of those teams, to me, have had centers that are about the same as Nikola Jokic's defensively, and then those guys just end up not playing. So, like, it is a liability uh, is what I'm saying. I mean, part of the reason you don't see those type of defenders is just because they're taken off the floor. Uh, I mean, there's no offensive center that's like Jokic. So, I mean, I understand what you're kind of saying about the selection bias, but my point is the selection bias also comes into the fact that those guys just get taken off the floor, right? You you don't want to have uh, someone like that type of defender, even if you do have a team focused around Kawhi or LeBron. Um, But yeah, we should probably move on here. Sorry, Sorry if we didn't get a chance to get into that as much, but yeah, if there's anyone who wants to talk about uh, organization rankings, uh, that that would be much appreciated here, but uh, not required. Let's bring in. Oh, well, this is this is quite apropos since uh, we were just talking about the Utah Jazz. Uh, Ryan Smith. <laughs> not that Ryan Smith. This is a uh, Ryan Smith with a Y is, is on. Hey guys, long time listener, first time caller. How are you doing? Yeah, good, good to have you on. It's good, good, good to get that little like sports radio aff- affectation every once in a while. I, exactly. I grew up, I grew up listening to the score in in Chicago, so it's good to hear. And <laughs> in, in a peppy pre Thanksgiving mood. So thanks, guys. Uh, so quick question about the uh, organizational rankings. So how much do y'all factor in kind of the ownership? when it comes to, um, you know, deciding whether it's better. So like, for example, Sam Presti, you know, he, he does a lot of like moves where he can bring in a lot of money, do things like that. Whereas someone like Kevin Pritchard, you know, he's hitting a lot of doubles, for example. So, you know, I might look at someone like Kevin Pritchard might, hi- might have him a little bit higher in the rankings. But- uh, Ryan, you accidentally muted yourself. It looks like. Oh, looks like my AirPods. There you go. So yeah, no, just want to get your thoughts on, um, yeah. So when, uh, when, when like a organization, you know, uh, like ownership with, um, you know, Sam Presti, he's allowed to, you know, bring in a lot of money, make those moves. Whereas someone like Kevin Pritchard, you know, he has to a lot of doubles. So, you know, I might look at. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. So. Okay. Okay. I, I think we got the gist okay, of it. Yeah. Cool. So, so, um, yeah, yeah. John, what, what do you think on, on that? I mean, how does, how do those factors all play in when we're doing these rankings? Well, on the one thing it, you know, are we talking about rating the GM or rating the organization? Like, you know, Kevin Pritchard definitely operates with more constraints than some of the league's other general managers. But on the other hand, as a, you know, as a fan of the organization, you're still frustrated by that, right? Because it still leads to you probably having a worse overall team. So uh, I, th- I think that's kind of the distinction in what uh, Nate and I are trying to do, to do today. Uh, it, it is interesting, though, because you will, you will see some of these teams. I mean, like cash and trades is less of a thing. It seems like than it than it used to be, um, where there's there's much more shame now for owners and doing things like selling draft picks. Like I know, like before I got to Memphis when Michael Heiser was there, like he was selling first round picks. Robert Sarver did the same thing uh, in in Phoenix when he first got there, and yeah. now that is like 
I mean, uh, the, you, the, 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 I think the last, the last one we'll ever see that was straight up sold is Rudy Gobert. Yeah. And that, and even that was, that was a move up. That wasn't a straight, uh, that, that was a move from 27, yeah, they, they, 27 to 46. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Good memory. Yeah. And I mean, if you look at what Eric Green gave the Nuggets, I mean, I think they, you know, that plus the $2 million, uh, no, but see, in all seriousness, uh, I, there, there's a level of shame in that, that, it, that is sort of even the playing field almost because it just doesn't happen anymore. The only time you see draft picks sold now is basically after 40. And even those, like those numbers have gotten really big last few yeah. years, like shockingly, shockingly so. Um, we were, we actually one year were going to buy a pick in the fifties. I think it was from Indiana, actually. Um, and, uh, we thought what we, what was, we had made what was a generous offer. And, uh, literally, and this is draft night. You know, there's only three minutes between picks. So it's going very quickly. The person we're talking to is literally says like, says, is talking to us. We think we're getting close to a deal. Goes, hang on a second. And then you hear it like off, kind of off you know, speaker or whatever, say like, how much? And then comes back to us and just like, I got to go, bye. (laughs) (laughs) They got like twice as much money from another team or something. Um, So uh, yeah. So uh, anyway, the, the amounts, the amounts have been kind of shocking on those, on those seconds, but um, I'm, I'm meandering a little bit here, but I, I, I do think the, uh, as a fan, I don't, I don't, I don't know how to think about it. Like, well, well, here I, I can, I, I can tr- try and say it pretty succinctly here, since uh, you, you gave me plenty of time to formulate my answer <laughs> d- during that story. Um, uh, so basically, any time if you are going to be in contention for a sustained period of time, I think it's it's possible to maybe win a championship in the first year or two of putting a team together via free agency without paying the tax. Yeah. But if you're going to have a sustained run of success in championship contention, basically impossible to do that without paying the tax at this point. That's that I think the league has changed that way because that didn't used to be the case. In fact, the Spurs won multiple times without being in the tax. And that you just yeah. can't well, do they, that they also got they also got Tim Duncan to take like six million dollars a year. You know, like it was Yeah, it, there it, there was it, definitely it, it, some of that too. Yeah. Um so all right, hopefully that answers it. Let's get to one more question here. Um let's uh let's see who to grab who to grab some um Muhammad, you are in Muhammad. Uh he is not in. Wait, no, here he is. Muhammad either. Hey. Hello, John. Hello. Hello uh, my, my name is Mohammed. I just wanted you to ask. Uh, I, want, I wanted to ask uh, John Hunter one question, which is, uh, why do you dislike the Lakers? Why do I dislike the Lakers? <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's convinced that I hate their favorite team. Bulls fans, Warriors fans, Phoenix fans, they, they all think I hate their team. Uh, so Well, well, hold on. Can, can I ask a quick question here, Muhammad? Yeah, of course. Sir. Are you kidding? Are you kidding around? Or are you actually remarking on the fact that we have not ranked the Lakers in in our top end organizations? Are uh, Are yeah. you like kind of kidding or are you, are you serious? It's a bit of both. <laughs> <laughs> those are the those are the best questions, yeah. right? Okay, John, go go, go ahead here. Uh it's it's interesting, you know. I wrote about the Lakers uh, a couple of days ago for the Athletic, and I think just when you have to look at them, you have to come from the from the position that the bar is really high. They're a team that won the championship two years ago, brought in LeBron James and Anthony Davis. So, like, whereas 
for say, you know, Washington or Indiana, if they end up with the sixth seed this year, it's probably a successful season for them. Like that is not a successful season for the Lakers, right? Like they, they did not do this to lose in the first round again. So when you look at where their season is going right now, when you look at how LeBron James looks physically, when you look at how Westbrook has fit in, you say, okay, this is still probably an above average team, right? Uh, at the end of the day, especially when they get their guys healthy, but like you're not doing this to be above average. And so to get, you know, to get your ass kicked at home by the Timberwolves is kind of a red flag that maybe this isn't working out the way you hoped. And so that's, that's kind of the lens through which I see them. It's just, it's just a much higher bar. Uh, for, for the teams of of that caliber, I mean, I think I look at Brooklyn through the same lens. I, you know, Milwaukee teams like that, Philadelphia, that you know, teams that have you know all all NBA players in their prime who are like all in to win right now. It's like okay, that then the bar is you know to win at a really high level, and if you don't if you don't do that, there's going to be criticism. Okay, uh, can I ask uh, one more question? Is that fine? Yeah, no, no. We, let's we got another couple minutes here. We'll we'll, we'll have to make it quick, but. Yeah, what do you got? Okay, um, if you had to pick um a player to uh build uh, build your franchise around, which one would it be? Uh, Donovan Mitchell or Anthony Davis? Donovan Mitchell or Anthony Davis to build the franchise around? I would probably go with Anthony Davis just because I think he's proven at the highest levels. Like he was the best player in the 2020 playoffs to me in the bubble. Um, and like his ability to be big but still play defensively as a small, um, and you know do all that switching and everything. I, to me, that's the key to the Lakers success even now like these big lineups that they play like it's just too easy for the other team to defend but Davis at the five like that's a problem and you saw it especially in that Detroit game yeah so uh, yeah I think we we lost John there but uh no no I, I I agree with you there John it's uh yeah I think like if you look if you're gonna pick Mitchell you're gonna pick him because of health or because of youth uh, I don't see him getting to be as good as AD has been at times now health and youth are decent reasons but you know if you just look at the skill set around the league there i think there's a lot of guys who can do something similar to what donovan mitchell is doing and there's not that many guys who can do what anthony davis is doing i think if you get your ad it's kind of easier to find your perimeter creator type uh like mitchell than it is to get a mitchell type and find your your ad so um all right thanks so much everyone for joining us this was fun yeah thanks thanks muhammad uh good hearing from you and we'll be back next week uh not sure exactly when that's going to be stay uh stay looking at our twitter we'll let you know exactly it's definitely not going to be at the middle of the day on wednesday because i have a flight at that time but john i'll figure when that is going to be and we'll get back to you then have a happy thanksgiving everyone at bet 365 we don't do ordinary we believe that every sport should be epic every basket every game every point every play from the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line whatever the sport whatever the moment it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.